Oh, what a joy it is today to gather together. And uh, whether you're at First Norfolk at Kentsville or First Norfolk on Volvo, uh, we're here together to set our focus on the living God and to worship Him. Now, I know that's going to be hard for some right now because right now the greatest game of all time is being played in the greatest sport of all time. Uh, And although you might think, well, that's the Super Bowl or the World Series, I would say pshaw about that. The greatest game ever played, the the greatest uh, match of all time happens once every four years, is called the World Cup. It is the World Cup, and today, right now, France and Croatia are playing for the World Cup. And millions upon millions upon millions of people around the world are watching and waiting and anticipating the winner of this game. Now, in America, we might ignore it or neglect it, mainly because we've never won it. (laughs) But it doesn't change the reality that this is the most played, most watched, most anticipated game of all the World Cup and so we cheer for our team Croatia go Croatia we cheer for our team and regardless of of uh, the 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 team we want to win there will be a victor after they play their 45 minutes plus stoppage time uh, each half on the pitch and and if they are tied going into the uh, last 45 minutes and past stoppage time, then they'll have a, a playoff, a, a extended time, extra time, and if they're still tied after extra time, they'll have a penalty kicks to decide who wins the World Cup. This teams, these teams, and the players on these teams, they have been training, they have gone through discipline, disappointment, setback, injury, uh, fatigue. Uh, they, they've gone through all kinds of rigors so that at the end they might hoist the World Cup in triumph and celebrations will be immense for the victor. Today we've gathered here and there is a more important celebration that we have to focus on. And it's a celebration that belongs to all who belong to Jesus. It is a celebration that God has given us and that we read about in Ephesians chapter 1. As we look at verses 3 through 12, what we're focusing on is the truth that God, in His great grace, has provided for us victory through Jesus Christ. And we need to bless Him for it. Through His great grace and and for, for His own pleasure, He has provided for you and for me, to everyone who belongs to Jesus, He's provided for us victory. So that as we endure the difficulties and the hardships and the struggles and the setbacks and the chaos and the whirlwind of this life, we can constantly and daily stand upon the platform of God's grace brought to us through Jesus Christ and hold high the trophy of triumph that He has given to us. But we must endure. We must endure the hardship and the difficulty and the struggle and the setback and the injury. Because make no mistake, you don't hoist the trophy of triumph unless you endure the pain and the struggle. You don't hoist the 
trophy of triumph and celebration unless you go through the rigors of difficulty and even disappointment. Yes, there are challenging times that we face as followers of Jesus, but make no mistake, because God in His grace sent Jesus to endure the pain and the shame and the difficulty and the rigors of sin upon Himself, you and I who belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ can stand upon the victor's platform and say, yes, God has loved me to victory. And that's our testimony today. And that's, that's what we need in our everyday life. We need to be able to say, yes, God has loved me to victory. As, as, as we read Ephesians 1, beginning of verse 3, we hear this note of praise to God for the victory that he has provided through Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We gather here today to celebrate what God has done for us because he has loved us so well. He has adopted us into his family. He has forgiven our sin. He has given us hope. And all of that should spring forth in our soul and give us a vision of this victory that belongs to all who belong to Jesus. Do you see it? Do you see the victory that God has already given to those who belong to him through faith in Christ? Do you see the victory that belongs to you today because you belong to Jesus? And that's my prayer, is that we would gain this vision of victory. That we would gain this vision of victory and as we see the victory that, that God has already given us through Christ, that that we would commit ourselves to live well for the one who has loved us well. That we would commit ourselves and, and see ourselves desiring in our heart of hearts to live well for the one who has loved us best. Do you realize how God has loved you? Do you see it? Do you know it? Can you taste it? Can you feel it? Do you understand how God has loved you so magnificently, so powerfully to bless you and me? with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Do you see and understand how that God has loved you well? And as a response to His loving us well, we can do nothing short of living well for Him. This past week, Edie and I, my wife and I, celebrated 27 years of marriage. Make no mistake. And I'm not joking about this. I want you to hear me. The reason that we have been 27 years married is because my wife has loved me well. In spite of my sinfulness, in spite of my stubbornness, in spite of my hatefulness, my awkwardness, in spite of me, my wife has loved me well. How can I do anything short of committing myself today to live well for the one who has loved me so well. As well as my wife has loved me, she doesn't even compare to how well God has loved me and you. That's what we read about today. That's what God is speaking to us today. He's saying, I have loved you well. Now will you live well for me?
you look down, uh, Ephesians 1, look at verse 12. He, he, and we'll go through uh, 3 through 11, but in verse 12, God says, here's my goal for you. After describing all the things that he has done for us, after describing all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that he's given us, after describing all the, the ways that he has loved us to victory, here's what he says, so that those who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. You know what that means? It means we're, we've been loved well so that we will live well for the one who has loved us well. Do you get it? Guys, today, understand, you weren't loved well just so that you could bask in the, in the pleasures of that love, although that's a benefit. You were loved well. I have been loved well so that I might live well for the one who has loved me well. So, so, so how do we get there? Well, it's, it's that vision of victory that we need, that, we need that, it, that, that erupts in our soul. As we see the victory that God has given us, it, it, it produces a posture of praise. And that posture of praise inspires us to live well for Jesus. And that's what this, that's what this passage does. That's what God speaks. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. How has he blessed us? Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In love, having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Christ Jesus to the praise of the glory of his grace. By which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Make no mistake, God has loved us well. He has loved us perfectly. He has loved us magnificent. He is loving us toward victory. How has he loved us? And, and, and how should we praise him in response to his love? We should praise him and get in a posture of prayer because God has adopted us into his family. There is something powerful about being picked. Every person on every national team in the World Cup is on that national team not because they went through tryouts, not because they filled out an application, not because they wanted to be on that national team. Every player on every national team, including every player on France team and Croatia team, is there because the coach picked them. That's the way it works. The coach picked them, and now they're on the team. And having been picked by the coach, and there's something powerful about being picked, having been picked by the coach, now they want to play well. They want to play well, not just so that they can, they can uh, uh, say that they made the starting team. They want to play well to honor the one who has picked them. Today, God says, I've picked you. I've chosen you. Before, before God laid out the framework of the universe, he chose us to belong to him, to be part of his family. He chose us before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy and without blame before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters. He, he decided that we would be part of his family. He chose us. There's something powerful about being picked. Uh, just get out of your head that somehow you chose God, that, that, that you chose God so that you could be in his family. No, it doesn't work like that. Nowhere in scripture does it say it works like that. Here's how it works. God opens his arms to you and you say, okay, absolutely. God has chosen us. 
And God has chosen us to be part of his family through Christ Jesus. And it all happens because of his love displayed to us in Christ. God has adopted us so that we're now part of his family. If you belong to God through faith in Christ, make no mistake, you're part of his family. And if you belong to his family, then he belongs to you. He's opened his arms to you. He's opened his home to you. He's opened his, his, his promises to you. Here's where victory rests for us. Not in what we can do, not in what we can manage, not what we can dictate. Victory happens because God has made us part of his family. He's adopted us. There's something powerful about being picked. Where he has said, you know that Eric? I want him on my team. And he opens his arms and I run into his embrace. And many of you, many of you in this room today, you would say, yes, yes. That day when I heard God choosing me, when I heard his invitation to be part of his family, yes, yes, it changed my life. The isolation, the loneliness, the emptiness that I felt uh, before being part of God's family, that, that, that all went away. And now I've been satisfied in the presence of the living God. I'm in God's family for eternity. So I want to live well for the one that I represent. I want to live well for the king. I want to live well for my father. Today we need to bless the Lord. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because he has adopted us into his family. There's something powerful about that picture, isn't there? Oh my goodness gracious, what a powerful picture. I love my four daughters and I'm thankful to be part of my family uh, where I was one of four sons. But you know what adoption is? I mean, adoption is such a powerful picture, such a beautiful, theologically rich picture. Adoption is where I go and I choose. And I say, I want you in my home. Oh, what a beautiful picture that is. A picture of love and grace. A picture of provision and power. And that's what God does for you here today. He's saying, I love you. Come be part of my home. Come live under the umbrella of my love. God has adopted us. Blessed be the God and Father. Let's, let's enter into a posture of praise for the God who has adopted us into his family. He has chosen us to belong to him. And he's opened the, the resources of his provision and promise to those who are part of his family. You know, when I was growing up, there were locked doors in my home. Rightly so. For someone like me, you can imagine what kind of child I must have been. Now, there were doors. Mom and Dad said, don't go in those doors. Don't, Eric, don't go in those doors. It was for my own protection, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure there were uh, chemicals, um, you know, bleach and that kind of thing in those locked doors. And so they said, don't, don't, don't go in. That, this is when I'm a teenager, by the way. It's a, just kidding. When I was a little kid. Uh, that, that, Eric, those doors are closed for a reason. But everything else in the house is open. Eric, you can go to the refrigerator. You can get any food that you want. I remember coming home from school 
and getting a, a slice of Oscar Mayer bologna. Slapping it on my hand, getting some French dressing and Tabasco sauce. Roll that up. Mm, if you've never tried it, that's manna from heaven right there. Hey, unsweet iced tea, just straight out of the refrigerator, pour it in a glass, drink it up. Oh, my goodness gracious, how wonderful is that? I, I would go, I would go and, and get uh, milk, and, and I don't drink milk anymore. I think it's bad for you. But I, I, I would go get milk, and I'd get cornbread that Mama would make, and that cornbread would be a, 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 from the night before. I'd get that cornbread, and I'd crumble it up in that milk, and oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. All of that was open. My mom didn't rebuke me for any of that. You want to know why? Why? I'm part of the family. She didn't close the provision off. She closed the danger off. Today, understand that God has opened the doors of his provision to you. If there is a closed door, it's because he's protecting you, not because he's wanting to keep you from something good. He is a loving father, and he has adopted us into his family. Oh, my goodness, celebrate. Hoist the trophy of triumph above your head. God has loved me to victory because he's made me part of his family. God has adopted us. God has forgiven us. Verse 7, in him, in Jesus, we have forgiveness. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. There's forgiveness that God has made available to us, and and we need forgiveness. And if you don't understand this, let me just kind of open the door and explain it just a tad, a little bit to you. And and I don't, uh, this is not mansplaining. This is just something I have to do because not everybody is in the same place spiritually. But it, y'all know mansplaining. I'm, I'm the only man in my home of all women. I understand what mansplaining is. You can look it up. Wikipedia will tell you about it. But anyway, um, I, I don't, I, this is not being condescending. I just want you to understand that every person in this room, no matter how old or young, every person in this room is a sinner. And our sin has separated us from God. And what I mean by that is our sin irreparably separates us from God. There's nothing you or I can do to bridge the distance that my sin has created between me and God. I am a sinner, and my sin has created a chasm within my soul that I cannot fill and I cannot cross. It has created this distance between a holy God and myself that I cannot bridge. I'm in trouble, I'm empty, I'm incomplete, and there's no fix for my problem. And and that's where we are. We are dead in our sin. We are empty. We are incomplete. We are living in the chains of our sin, locked in the cell of our shame. We are struggling for life, but it's always out of our reach because God is always out of our reach. We are living hopeless because we're living without God in this world. That's what our sin has done to us. It has killed us, and we are dead, and we're dwelling in darkness, and we're chained, and we're shackled, and there is no escape. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, has made us alive together in Christ Jesus. By grace, you have been saved. Jesus has come to set us free. Jesus left the throne room of heaven to be born in a manger in a stable. Christmas. He lived his life perfectly without blemish or fault, yet he went to a cross to die for sinners. Good Friday. And he was killed on that cross, put in a borrowed tomb. And then three days later, he was raised from the dead, Easter, so that 
through his death and resurrection, sinners like you and me might find forgiveness and life. There is only one hope in this world, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood. We have rescue because he took our place of punishment on the cross. He died for my sin. He didn't die for his sin. He died for Eric Thomas. He died for my sin. Oh my goodness, imagine that. The king of the universe took my punishment for me so that he might take my ugliness upon himself and take his beauty and plant it on me. He took my sin upon himself and gave me his righteousness. That's what grace is. And the, the full measure of God's grace has been unleashed in our lives. So much so that, that we can't contain all the grace that he's provided. This forgiveness un, unlocks the door of his provision of grace. It's like filling up a thimble with the ocean. That's how his grace is filling our lives today. This is victory over sin, over death, over hell, over the grave, over today, over yesterday, and over tomorrow. Our victory is in Christ Jesus, who died for my sin, was raised to give me new life. I hoist the trophy of triumph today because God has forgiven me. What about you? Are you in that posture of praise? Where you see the forgiveness of God, not something that you earn. By the way, there is no one that's forgiven because they look better or because they do better or because they go to church or don't go to church or say a right prayer or don't say a right prayer. Nobody is forgiven by what we do. The only way we're forgiven is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ who died for our sin to give us life, victory because of Jesus. Here's what, here's what God provides. We get in a posture of praise. And we begin to understand that God has, has, God, God has adopted us. He's brought us into his family. He's forgiven us. He's wiped away the penalty of our sin. Don't you want to live well for the one who has loved you so well? Oh, my goodness gracious. Today, God continues to love us to victory because he has given us hope. And God has given us hope. Now, this is verse 11. Verse 11 um, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Now, he says we, we have an inheritance. Inheritance is the language of family. Um, my dad is 75 years old. He's still working. He acts like a 30-year-old. He's just vibrant and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and he's still working. He's still serving uh, God through the church and doing all that kind of stuff, and it's wonderful. I love it. In fact, I tell him I'm excited that he's working because the longer he works, the more inheritance I get. <laughs> right? I communicate. Y'all understand that language, right? You know what he says to me. He says, oh, give it up, son. I'm going to spend every dime before I die. You know, I, isn't that great? But, but, but inheritance, we understand what inheritance is. Now, here... When, when God tells us that he has given us an inheritance, he's, he's saying it's not something that is to be, it's something that is right now, an inheritance. It's something that we possess today 
and we will possess it fully tomorrow, an inheritance. It's God opening up all that is his and saying that it is ours, inheritance. Because we belong to him, all he has belongs to us, inheritance. Does that make sense? It's that inheritance that gives us hope. Today, on the pitch, two teams are playing for the World Cup, France and Croatia. And as they play, and as they prepared to play, they hope that they win. And I think one of the reasons we have trouble with victory every day is because we, have, we need help with hope. We need help understanding what hope is about. So these players on the pitch, they're, they're, they're playing and they're, they're looking for victory. They, they're, they're, they're hoping for victory. And what they mean by that is, because they've trained real hard and because they've combined their skill sets, they maximize their strengths, they minimize their weaknesses, they've studied the other team, they look and evaluate how they can win against that other team. They're hoping for luck when it happens, the right roll of the ball, the right call from the ref, and, and then maybe, maybe they hope they will win. But that's not biblical hope. See, biblical hope is not a question mark. Biblical hope is an exclamation point. When, when we hear about the inheritance that God has given us, he's saying to you and to me today, if indeed you're a follower of Jesus, if indeed you have been adopted into the family, if indeed your sin has been forgiven through the sacrifice of Christ, make no mistake, you have hope today. And it's hope in the victory that God provides because he opens himself to you. He has promised himself to you. Can you understand this? The, the God of the universe... The creator of the cosmos, the king of creation, this same God has said to you and to me, if you're part of my family, everything I have is yours. I am yours. Now let's go live in victory. The inheritance is God opening up the vault of his home and saying, all my power, all my strength, all my provision, all my promise. Everything that I have to offer, all my love, all my peace, all my comfort, everything that I have to offer, all my truth, all my righteousness, all my mercy, all my faithfulness, everything that I have to offer is yours. And friends, make no mistake, when you walk with the living God, there is victory. Our hope is not a question mark, our hope is an exclamation point. Because I've been adopted into his family, because I've been forgiven of my sin through faith in Christ, I have hope. A hope that is the certainty of victory. I don't wish to win, I live in the victory that God's already provided. I hoist the trophy of triumph and I declare I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been adopted into his family. I've been forgiven my sin. I've been given hope of the inheritance. Therefore, I will live my life today well for Jesus. I will live to the praise of his glory. I live no longer for myself but for him who died for me and rose again. I will live well for my king. Will you commit today to enter into a posture of praise, understanding again 
and again and again. In the face of all difficulty and all struggle and all problem and all pain. In the face of the training disciplines of life and the whirlwind of our existence. In the face of the downturns and the disappointments, the setbacks and the struggles. In the face of life itself. And understand, I get it. I've got hurts. I've got scars. I've got wounds that still need to be healed. I get it. I've got doubts. I've got questions. I've got problems that I don't have a quick answer to. I get it. I'm struggling. I know you're struggling. I look across this room and for 15 years, for many of you, I've walked life with you. Sometimes from afar, sometimes very close. You have seen my hurts. And I have seen yours. So I'm not trying to discount the struggle. I'm not trying to discount the pain. I'm not trying to ignore it or minimize it or act like it doesn't exist. It's real. I know it's real. But friends, listen. In the face of our struggle, the love of God is just as real. And the love of God is more powerful than our pain. And the love of God is more nourishing to our soul than the bitterness that we want to cave into. It, it's, it's the power of His love that is, uh, that, that, that is leading us to victory. God is loving us to victory. So today, will you praise Him? Today, will you hoist the trophy of triumph that God has made available to you through adopting you into his family, through forgiving your sin, and giving you hope in the inheritance that he provides. Will you enter a posture of prayer and cry out, O oh God, may I live well for you as you have loved me so well.